Hey, my friends, you are listening to the Just Shoot Me podcast featuring Jason and Tanya, where we talk about all things video and content creation. With selected guests in the industry, we hope to educate, entertain, and inspire everyone to help you be a better version of yourself. So without further ado, let's get it. All right, Just Shoot Me listeners, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Jason. My name is Tanya. And this is where we talk all things content creation, videography, a little bit of photography, all those kind of things. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Today we got uh, an incredible guest from South Australia. It's a little place south of Australia. No. <laughs> In case you couldn't Says pick that apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's pretty much nothing there. <laughs> Apparently some nice beaches. I don't know. It's beautiful down there. You should actually go down there. Uh, I have been there. When I went okay. to the city, there are literally homeless people everywhere. I'm like, this is a very oh, first come bad on, experience. It's not as bad yeah. as the bigger cities. <laughs> yeah, it was actually good. for a right away run. Runway show. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is weird. I'm never coming back here ever again." <laughs> um, you got to, you've got to see the coast. Whereabouts in uh, South Australia are you living? Oh, this. Adelaide. Sorry, everyone, Adelaide. everyone. This is Josh. First, welcome <laughs> to our podcast. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, like, smack bam, like near the city, or? Um, I live right on the city edge. Okay. And then studio is right on the city edge as well nice. so what do you think of south australia it's pretty much just adelaide yeah i went down there for my birthday i went down there for my birthday this year and everyone was like why are you guys here <laughs> like me and my best friend like why are you guys here like for a holiday they're like why adelaide yeah right <laughs> like, i was like oh, everyone here is like that, beautiful but being here <laughs> because my, it is beautiful <laughs> yeah not not the massive group of homeless people that we paid to, to be there when you were there. <laughs> paid the wineries I heard were beautiful. Yeah, they are really good. World class. And I think like everyone that's here, like um, if you're from a small town, you'd never judge your small town as the most amazing place because it's always bigger and better. Yeah. Um, whereas Adelaide, it's a big city town, like it's a big town. So everyone kind of, hates it because everyone here is so close whereas in melbourne sydney brisbane everyone's a lot more spread out and it's a lot more people and bigger Mm. yeah yeah maybe i'll have to go back there one time because i heard the coastline was nice it's stunning yeah it is stunning there's sharks there's sharks come down jason there's sharks everywhere (laughs) let it go (laughs) oh i'm keen for the tour tour of the studio and tour of adelaide (laughs) sell it to me you're gonna have to sell it to me (laughs) you know what might because i've got um a bit of a some of the clients that I work with, some friends own a flight school. So hopefully we could try and organize a scenic flight over oh, that'll be silly. to grab some additional content. There you so go. So we'll see what we, can, see what we can do. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, screw drone content. Let's get some real content from the air. <laughs> Let's get a real camera in the sky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not a Canon. Obviously our Sonys. So. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> love, 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 Sony. Love. So what do, you, what do you shoot on? What do you shoot on? Yeah. I shoot on A7S3 yeah. predominantly. Yeah. Um, Dude, it's too early man. for your sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> we only Not work with cool. good cameras here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Three of us. <laughs> well, that's saying I've got a 40 back here, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ronin 40. Have you seen the Ronin 40? The R40? No, I haven't. So it's like DJI's one and it's got the chicken head. You know the chicken head one? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Here we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. So it's like a gimbal integrated into a cinema camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Fancy. Check out um, Jason Morris's YouTube channel to get a little <laughs> update on one of those. Yeah, ones. yeah. Jason Morris <laughs> Photo Cinema. Use Jason 10 on whatever you can. <laughs> if it works, if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let, let, let's actually start, yeah. but uh, right from the start, you know, where, how did you get into the world of photography or videography? Let us know um, pretty much, yeah, that whole journey that's got you to where you All are right. today. I'll go, I'll go a little bit further back because I think my camera journey starts when I was really young. So when I was super young, my family... And I traveled Australia for three years. So this is back when we were, I, we finished it when I was age five. So from ages two to five, we were traveling Australia. And throughout the entire time, you know, mum and dad liked to capture pretty much everything, which was awesome. So they got footage of us, photos and videos of us traveling around uh, Australia. And I think that's kind of where my photography side comes from thanks mum and dad for starting me off a little bit early um and then that kind of when we went into high school I wasn't really knowing what I wanted to do nothing kind of fit the ball of exactly what I was trying to achieve or what got me passionate because I think like a lot of creatives um we're not too good in school nope (laughs) we don't succeed too well Um, and it's, everything has to be hands-on and I've got to do it with my hands. Otherwise I can't do it at all. Um, and then my group of friends were like, Hey, you should come join this media studies class. We get to watch movies all the time. I was like, perfect. Um, That sounds great. Um, we didn't watch movies, so I was a little disappointed, but at least we found something that, that kind of, we really liked doing and. After a little bit of time, I got my first camera, which was the, the classic Rebel Ti, the good old Canon. I know I started off dirty, but I cleaned my hands. Oh, don't worry, Rebel Ti. It starts somewhere. Exactly, and so we, you know, did you guys do like a, you did like a media studies or some sort of media when you went to school? Any form of? I don't nah. think I did. Mine was all no. like so this one that we. Mine was dance and art. Still creative. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Still creative. So this one, we didn't really, like, it, it wasn't kind of like the teacher was a photographer or a videographer. It was just, like, the person that liked movies the most, I think, in the group and maybe had the most knowledge on movies. <laughs> um, but, we, yeah, we had to create these little music videos. So, like, pick your favorite song and make a video that goes towards it. And at the time... Um, you know, I just, my dad installed CS6 onto my computer, so I was messing around with all the software. Um, I think the first piece that I actually learned completely was After Effects. So my friend and I just like to mess around with um, 3D animation and stuff on After Effects and just basically create random, you know, like... At the end of those, like, you know, like, montages or, like, Call of Duty montages, how they had those weird spinning After Effects, like, 3D text and stuff like that. All, like, the really cringy stuff. Yeah, that's what we did. Um, it was pretty good. And then, yeah, we started making these short, like, little short films or music videos and stuff like that. And, you know, I never really got good grades, but at the end of 
the final year we were kind of like what am I going to do like where am I going to go I haven't got a good OP because I did school in Queensland as well before I moved to SA so I got an OP like 14 which is you know average <laughs> oh, where, whereabouts, whereabouts did you go to school here I went to, so I grew up in Townsville, far north Queensland. Oh, wow. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, where's Townsville? I know. Um, <laughs> Army town, right? <laughs> yeah, it is Army town. Um, but they, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go do a degree in photography or film because there's nothing else that really grabs my interest and I can't study at all. <laughs> like, I'm just not good at it. <laughs> um and I went to look at Townsville and there was just no degrees that that really fit what I wanted to do. Either that or they were already completely full. <laughs> or there's no schools there. Who knows? <laughs> there's just nothing. It's just a military base. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, it was in the back of an army truck. Like, I don't know if that really helped. <laughs> I think I heard um, that on a true crime podcast once. <laughs> <laughs> so I enrolled at uh, SAE in Brisbane, which is where I did my degree. Um, and look, it it's great. You get to learn, and I think, Jason, you did a film degree as well, right? Yeah. Yep, you kind yep, of yep. learn the fundamentals, but you kind of can't put everything into practice until you're doing your own stuff, like your own short films, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that was a two-year degree. And after we finished that, I was kind of like, what do I do now? Um, well, I didn't quite finish my degree per se. Um, and I had a friend at uni that saw an Instagram post um, looking for a videographer in Adelaide. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. Um, and that was for Rideaway. Jason Turn. So that, <laughs> just, yeah. just a little. <laughs> And that was literally it. So I sent um, Taz an, a message on Instagram and I was like, hey, man, this is my work. <laughs> At the time, I had no work and I hadn't even completed my degree. I'm like, oh, I've got a bachelor's in in videography, in cinematography and whatever the exact degree was. And um, that's when they flew me to Adelaide from Brisbane. And I was there for a, a couple of days. And we basically just went full hands-on just they were like you're going up against this other person um do your best and I was like okay this guy's like twice my age but you know I can <laughs> try and do something um and this and this was actually like the peak of right away content as well hey this is like in the mid so you were thrown legit in the deep end in the deep end so yeah very much so in the deep end um so basically we had the little the little test day, what we call it, my trial period. And I got home from Queensland and I basically just got a text message saying like, in for better words, you got the job. <laughs> so like, Sweet, I'm off. Like I've got nothing left for me here in Brisbane, so may as well go and try something in Adelaide. And, you know, at the time it was gym and filming like the two things that I was just loved at that time so I'm like this is a dream job like I don't think anything get better than this at this point in time um so when I got to right away it was I'm gonna say a month or two in and this is when as like Jason you were saying it was the peak time of right away um I went to UK 
and I shot with athletes like Ulysses, um, Mark, uh, Jaco, a whole bunch. It was just like a, what the hell am I doing? Like I barely even finished. I barely even know how to use a camera at this point and they're sending me over. But you know, of course I was confident. You be <laughs> I can do this. Of course, of course. Um, and yeah, at this point as well, I still hadn't finished my degree. So I still was technically not a bachelor of video. <laughs> just didn't have the paper. I just didn't have the paper. Yeah. Well, I hadn't actually completed the course. So I was, yeah, down on one anyway. You don't need a degree. Um, and yeah, after I came back, I was like, that's when my life changed from that point. I was like, you know, this is 100% where I want to be. Like this stuff is just so exhilarating. It makes you feel so good getting out and filming people and um, getting the reactions back from the, the public and, and also the people that you're filming and obviously like your bosses, et cetera, et cetera, the ones that approve your work. Um, and that was honestly just such a wild time to fresh out of uni. I was 18 at the time. Yeah, I was 18 at the time. Jeez. And I flew over to UK. Um, and then from there, it was, you know, ev- almost... Every couple of weekends, I was, we were, we were flying out to, to different places and doing shoots. So it was a constant um, shooting, editing, shooting, editing, shooting, editing, which is yeah, where, where we met, Jason. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, the first three months of being at that job, I learned way more than I ever did at my uni degree. Um, and I'm always a big person saying, you know, you don't, you don't need to go to film school to learn film. You can get more than that from YouTube channels such as Jason Morris Photo Cinema. Um, like <laughs> um, or just going out and doing your work. So I've been reached out to by a, a number of people asking to do like crash courses on video and, and teach them different bits and pieces and photo and video and just like how to kickstart them into potentially their new career. Um, I'm thinking just don't, as as much as I want to make money, don't spend your money on me. Literally just grab your camera, go shoot some stuff, come back and I can give you a couple of tips, but I feel like you're better, your money's better spent just practicing, just doing your craft, just, just making videos as Peter McKinnon would say. Um, and just keep improving and like seeing what doesn't work, what works and just keep improving on that. Um, so we, at right away, we did quite a number of massive shoots with massive names within the fitness industry. And for me, that was awesome. Yeah. Did you, 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 don't, you, you know, did Kai Green, didn't you as well? That's right. Yeah. We shot with Kai Green a couple Ooh, of times. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Big man. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know who that is. But he's actually the same height as me, <laughs> believe it or not. Like he's he's not actually that tall. He's like um, the second biggest bodybuilder in the world. When it was like Phil Heath, who's the first? Phil Heath was, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back in those days, yeah. it, it was a fight between those two. It was <laughs> Back and forth. Um, yeah, so we were launching an app at the time, which was Push Push Fit, which is now named into Rider Web Fit. I don't know what it is now. But we flew in, 
I think it was somewhere around 20 athletes altogether throughout a one-year period or something like that, where we basically, they came in for a week to two weeks. We filmed all of the content for the app. So picturing, you know, when you're doing dumbbell rows, we're getting an individual clip of them doing dumbbell rows or anything like that. So we ended up doing... I think it was close to like 150 to 200 videos of different exercises per athlete that went onto the app. Um, And that fluctuated between the people depending on what they wanted for their specific programs and and stuff like that. Um, So we'd shoot for basically like two to three days straight just getting all the exercises out and then we'd go film the campaign videos for those athletes for the app as well. So... That was crazy. It, <laughs> it was um, one of the athletes that we had. His name is uh, Dave Mack, and he has so much energy. I'm talking like <laughs> 300% normal person's <laughs> energy levels. And um, Because he's, uh, he's American or he's, he's British, was he? He's, he's British. He did the he commandos a, or something? That's it, yeah. He was a commando. So I, I don't know how he does it. Honestly, he has so much energy. We were filming um, all of his campaign stuff. We were doing it in kind of like a warehouse gym. And that specific day was the record hottest day in Adelaide. Uh So it was 42 something degrees. Like it was the hottest day in 40 years or whatever crazy number it was. I'm probably butchering that, but it was, it was hot. So that, and then inside a metal oh, yuck. gym, Shit, it was disgusting. Yeah, God. Cameras were overheating. We had to stop all the time. And this man was like 150% energy the entire time. And we're just like, you're draining us. Like, <laughs> you're doing, like, thank you for being full of energy, but like, we're dead. We were holding our cameras in front of the fans to like cool them down for like 20 minutes before oh going God. back and shooting again. Like, that's how hot it was. That would have been um, A7 III. A7 III's at the time. Yeah. We were shooting all of the campaign stuff right away up until the A7 S3's were released. Um, it was all done on A7 III's. Yeah, wow. Which is crazy to think because we're going up against yeah. uh, reds, brands reds, and then. stuff. That yeah. are, exactly. People are shooting on reds and 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 all kinds of crazy cameras so our thing was like let's pump out the best quality content we can with the stuff that we have because we're not getting a red camera there's no <laughs> chance that they're going to approve that like we've just got to work with what we've got and but that being said i think that's the best sometimes it's the best way to learn is just to try and make the most of the, the actual equipment that you've got figure out the the peaks of what it can do and just work with that. So at the time we were like, all right, we're not getting better cameras. Let's get better lighting. So we ended up getting a suite of different lights and pieces that we could move around on set um, and just make it work because we we were stuck with our $3,000 Sony a7 threes and <laughs> Sigma 24 to 70 lenses. That's, that's what we had. And it still looked good too, because obviously a lot of your campaign stuff was just storytelling. Pretty much. And that's what we focused on is rather than just, you know, and I've never been the kind of creator that's like pumping transitions, pumping all these whip pans and everything to try and make it look fancy. I'm like, I just, 
my editing is as simple as it needs to be. As long as I'm telling a story there, that's the main part. Um, and yeah, so from when we were traveling so much with Rideaware, that's when we were, we were planning a trip to the US and that was going to be one of our biggest trips ever for Rideaware. It was, I think, three months that we were going to be over there. And on that three months, it was campaign after campaign after event after campaign after event and just pumping out with as many uh, of the US inf um, influences and athletes and stuff that, that right away had at the time. Um, that got cut short from the good old C word. Oh, and that true. Obviously, yeah, so that, well, it we were going to go over in... I think it was May or something, but, or earlier, I can't remember, but it was just kind of, we canceled the trip just before COVID hit and everything locked down. So we kind of had to make the judgment of, oh, are we going to get stuck in the US? Are we going to have to live off, you know, the stuff in the US until we don't even know when we can come back home? And at that time, we're like, <laughs> it's not worth the risk. Like it's, it's, we don't know if we're even going to be able to get back. Like we don't know what the world's going to be. So we decided to like can the entire, the entire trip. And lucky we did because otherwise stuff living out there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for, when all that crazy God knows stuff. how long, like six months or something, however long it yeah. ended up being. Um, even with all the stuff that was going on in the US at the time as well, like you had the whole Black Lives Matter movement, all that kind of stuff. It's gone. It would have been scary yeah, to be stuck it was there. Literally just riots everywhere. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Good call. So we're like, thank God we did <laughs> not do that because, um, yeah, that wouldn't have been fun. And also being away from like family and friends and stuff like that is yeah. It's too long, especially in a global pandemic that yeah. no one really still. <laughs> quite understand <laughs> but um yeah so then after that it was it was lockdown and we didn't really have that much to do with the, the creative team at the time was four of us so well five of us two photographers and three videographers um a big part of the number of videographers was because of the app we needed to um you know record dual camera setup at the time, we were using Pocket 4Ks, so manual focus the entire time. <laughs> um, two Pocket 4Ks to record the entire app uh, for the content that goes on the app. And then from that, we had to obviously edit each individual clip. And we did voiceovers for each individual clip. So if you're taking, I think in total, we did around 4,500 pieces or something of content for this app which if you count into like, you know, it takes 10 minutes to film, including putting the equipment in, setting up the cameras, getting the audio set up, um, filming that, then five minutes to do a voiceover on top of that. And then another like five, 10 minutes to actually import all the footage and edit and stuff like that. And it ended up being around half an hour for one clip. So when you times that by about 4,500, give or take. Yeah, wow. It gets ridiculous like it, it was we needed more people yeah it's like five um, billion years or something <laughs> something like if, that if my maths is correct <laughs> quick maths good thing you're good with the um, camera <laughs> two plus two is four 
What's nine plus ten? Twenty-one. Yeah, so that we had like a uh, we had a big group, and we were you know at the time we were looking at getting one of the uh, Ursa Mini. What is it? Like six point one? What is it? Six point two k? Four point four point two k. The Ursa Mini G two is it? Ursa Mini G two. That's the one. Um, we're looking at getting that because we're like, all right, let's bump up our quality because you know we've done it with a seven threes for so long that um it's time to upgrade and then we're just obviously pandemic means budgets go down everything goes down so we're we're never able to get that and like we didn't because a few weeks later sony was like hey got some good cameras coming out yeah we're like yes please give me that (laughs) i've been waiting for you since the a7s2 so let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where, so when when it comes to like the whole pandemic thing, did yep. RiderWare still make a lot of money because everyone was still buying stuff online? It didn't affect RiderWare as much as it would brick and mortar stores because it's online, and you know we pivoted quite a bit and we started creating content for people at home, home workouts, et cetera, et cetera, so that we could still keep the brand going. Um, and we even did that at our HQ. We built home sets, like multiple different home sets to accommodate that content that we were making. Um, and from that, we were able to continue to grow. So we were one of the very lucky companies that were still able to keep growing through the pandemic purely because we were just adapting and and we just had to make that content otherwise you know the five of us creatives you know that's going to get chopped down what's going to happen so one of the creatives at the time got let off so she got made redundant because it was just too much um and then when south australia started to open up again that's when again we had to adapt the content it wasn't just home stuff anymore we have to start implementing slowly more and more gym stuff for the people that are able to go to the gyms. It was create that workout content that people can relate to and actually do within the facilities that they have. So it went from before COVID doing purely gym content and stuff that looked campaigns and nice to everything at home, nothing else, just like body weights at home, etc. And then a mixture of them both to eventually now that we're well, I'm not there anymore, but, um, you know, going back to the, the gym content predominantly because that's where everyone is and that's where the brand is. Um, so, yeah, after, after COVID and after we started going back to our normal lives, um, that's when there was big changes to the company. So, you know, um, the team, instead of expanding like we were hoping, actually shrunk. So that's not long after. So this is 2021 now. So we lived one year through a year and a half through the pandemic and myself and the head photographer got made redundant. And, and it's scary, you know, like you don't really know what you're going to do after you get made redundant at a business. And, and it's not that for a long time, I wasn't happy there and I wasn't knowing what I was going to do, but at you know 21 22 years of age you're just like what am I going to do like I'm so young there's unlimited possibilities but how am I going to pay for my rent how am I going to do the thing 
And for me, I was like, I can't leave this right now. I don't have anyone in Adelaide. I wasn't from here. I don't know anyone. And I think that's one of the biggest problems when you go to a new place or even just starting out in the industry is you've just got to meet people. You've just got to make those connections and you've just got to start building from nothing. And it's hard being an introvert like myself uh, to go out and talk to people. Like it's not easy. It doesn't come easy for us. And especially when it's in an industry um, where your relationships are everything. If you don't have the relationships, you don't really have the business. Um, so for me, I was like, oh man, I want to start doing travel stuff. So when, before I let go, my partner and I, we started just traveling, traveling SA. It is beautiful, Jason. Okay? <laughs> there is a lot to see here. Just a one run winery to another. Is that about it? No, <laughs> the coastlines are so nice. You need to go down to Selix Beach. Have Selix Beach, it's so arguably beautiful. the best coastlines in Australia. Yeah, I would agree. I'll say that. Because when you think of places like WA with also Esperance, it's oh, yeah. beautiful, but it's also such a drive away. So or I think it's Queensland, like two or like three Brisbane. hours from like Perth, Esperance. Yeah, it's such a big drive. Yeah. Um, and Brisbane, I mean, you don't have a beach. <laughs> Yeah, you have Wynnum. <laughs> yeah, we got Wynnum, which is a pebbles. <laughs> have you got Stratton? the mangroves. That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah it's like a 20-minute boat ride. Scooby-Doo Island. Stratton yeah. and, <laughs> Morton, and Island. Morton Island, <laughs> biggest sand island in the world. I think I'm shooting there next week Ooh, if it's not raining. Fancy. Oh, that should be good. Mm. Um, yeah, what was I saying? Travel. Yeah. Travel. So we started Close doing a travel months. page and we just – started taking photos and videos of the places we were going. And because the big thing is, like I was kind of talking to you guys earlier, it's like no one really appreciates the place that they're from. Um, so everyone in Adelaide was like, oh, it's so crap. There's nothing here. I'm like, there is so much here. Like, I've, Because I grew up traveling with my family, I was like, let's go out and explore. We'll go try some stuff. And my siblings are the same. They just explore, explore, explore. And, you know, we started taking photos and videos, making short clips, freaking reels and stuff, the training stuff at the time. And we started getting more and more work from that. And at the same time, I was starting to get hit up from different companies and different businesses that wanted to do some work with me. So I was like, cool, like there's something here. Like if, if it all goes to crap, at least there's something. Yeah. Um, and then it all went to crap. So then I was... <laughs> That's when I got made redundant. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just go full into this. Like, I've got nothing to lose at this point. Let's go traveling. Let's hit up these companies that were that were wanting work before and see what we can do. So I started doing work with like C-Link, for example. So C-Link, we did a couple of travel clips with them. Um, some other travel, what's it called? I don't know. Some other little bits and pieces around Adelaide. Um, like the cabins, the tiny houses and a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, this is great. I mean, like I get to travel and, and get paid for it and sleep in these gorgeous places. <laughs> um, but then that comes a thing of what do we actually want to achieve? And, and for myself, I'd always wanted a production company. I always wanted to have a place that I could say, this is mine. Like this is, the, this is the work that we do and we're super proud of it. 
and my partner she's an engineer by degree so she was like I, I want to do something that's worthwhile I came to Australia to have a better life so I want to be able to do something so that travel stuff kind of fell apart but then that gave me more time to pursue my business and getting work through my production company which you know obviously starts off slow when you know absolutely no one in the town and you have no reputation at all except for shooting half naked women um <laughs> that lift heavy weights so there's <laughs> and half naked men <laughs> and half naked. you can't forget that <laughs> i leave that one out jackson there's, the, there's a market for that all right <laughs> there, hey no there is have you seen zach smith god man he makes bank with that kind of stuff oh he's hilarious <laughs> He is, he's, he's a funny man. Um, so yeah, from there, I've just, I think been extremely lucky in Adelaide that it's such a small place and everyone kind of knows everyone. So as soon as you do a good piece of work, people know about it. And for me being introverted, it was difficult to go out and, Hey man, I'm Josh. I do videos. Let's work (laughs) together. Like it was none of that. Um, I did a lot of my work as like in the background and against popular belief, it can work. Um, you can, you don't have to put yourself out there all the time and be a hundred percent on board to actually get clients. It obviously does work and it's proven to work. But, um, for me, I was just like, I'm going to produce the best content that I can produce. And if someone likes it, they'll hit me up. If they don't, I'll go travel some more or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then those clients started to to slowly build up and, and I've been very fortunate to be able to work with some pretty cool clients so far. So it's been just over a year and a half since I left. So age 23 now, um, building a production company, which is not fun, but good fun at the same time. Um, everyone obviously looks at a young kid and goes, yeah, he doesn't really know what he's doing, um, which is the hard part. But then I'm like, bring in my tiny little DSLR camera and go, no, trust me, like, it's, <laughs> I've got this. I'll make it look really big so I look professional. Um, I've almost got my piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, everyone... Everyone looks at equipment and goes, um, you know, that's not going to produce. And so I was at the start when I left, like, do I spend 30, 40 grand on a red camera and get something that people are going to look at and be like, oh, he's a professional now. He's got a nice camera, but you don't need it. Um, and my cameras have done me just fine. Like we were shooting the right away campaigns on a seven threes, uh, multimillion dollar company companies, campaigns, on a $3,000 camera, you got to do what you got to make work what you, what you have. And so when we started shooting with these a seven S threes, you know, I was getting people like, "Mm, I don't know, but the good part was because I was kind of silent in the background and letting my work speak for itself rather than being a salesman and being like, my stuff's good to take it. I'm like, here's what I got. If you like it, let's work together. If not, cool. No worries. Um, so yeah, ever since, ever since leaving, I've been lucky with the people that I've met. And I think going back to, 
how how you build your company is you've got to make those relationships as you guys are you guys know it's all about relationships but it's not all about and although it's a big part it's not all about selling yourself on the street and cold calling everyone and doing all that stuff your work's got to be able to speak itself a lot more um than you just selling yourself for a product yeah absolutely and i don't know how that's a that's a massive yeah. thing because a lot of um, I'm assuming some of your work's coming through social media as well, right? A little bit, but honestly, I don't post much on social media. A lot of my work coming through is word of mouth. Um, oh, right, nice. And it's not because I don't... Standing in the streets next to the what? hobos, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you either hire me or you hire him. Your choice. <laughs> Take me, please, with my sign. Um well, I never post on social media because I, and I say this as a terrible excuse, I don't have the time. <laughs> Doesn't have the time. Um, but I always forget, I'm, whenever I'm on a shoot for something, I'm so hyper-focused on getting what the client wants, not what I need, so that I never actually get anything. So all yeah. I've got is the final product, and obviously that speaks words in itself, but I haven't got all this BTS stuff for me to be able to post continuously and and use. Unlike a certain someone in this room. <laughs> I have to hire people to do that for me. <laughs> I, That's what I've been trying to do as well. Yeah, the bi- biggest thing is you try and uh, price it into it so you at least know that there could be some money extra for that BTS person. But uh, some, I, I see some people utilize, you know, the Insta 360s and just throw that up. I'm thinking about getting one of those because you can literally just like do a full 360 and film whatever you need of you just holding the camera. It looks great. Damn, the thing's going to take and my I'm, job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the little stick's going to take your job. <laughs> it's good. I have used it a few times on a, on a couple of different BTS, but it's the thing again, like when you're so focused on – Mm. on what the client wants and getting that shot for the client that I forget to set it up. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, like I get at the end of the day, I like look in my camera bag and go 360 camera. Great. <laughs> could <have> use that. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> GoPro. Like I could have strapped that to something and got yeah. some shots. But, um, yeah. So everything is word of mouth pretty much at this point. And I think the benefit of being in Adelaide is that everyone talks yeah. a little bit more than bigger cities like, every other city in Australia. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everyone, everyone talks. So as soon as you put out a good piece of content and people like it, people are going to talk about it and you're going to get more work through that. And thankfully me being, I'll just say I'm lazy, <laughs> me being lazy and not uh, interacting with all these people. That's helped me to grow and for my business to grow and yep. kind of create the spaces like what I'm in at the moment. Yeah, that's so cool. Adelaide's got the half the population of Brisbane, just facts. 1.3 million, whereas Brisbane's got 2.3. A lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people, but it's not much people. But wow. it feels a lot busier in Brisbane. Even, I mean, there's twice the amount of people. But, like, in Brisbane City, in comparison. Yeah. Just, Brisbane City feels like, like a city. Adelaide City feels like a a town full of hobos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why are you so savage? Yeah. Why are you so against you just Adelaide? Got this one image about the home yeah, it does. Adelaide feels like Newcastle. Have you ever been to Newcastle? Like really low set buildings, just quite small, and hobos. <laughs> it is pretty small. I think because our city is built over the f- like close to the flight path, I think there's like actual height restrictions that we can't build too high on. So that's oh. the reason that we don't have the giant skyscrapers like in Brisbane City. Gold Coast like and stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah, makes that, sense. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. I just thought because there's just no money in Adelaide, it's just poor people <laughs> and wineries. Adelaide's so cheap. It's nah. so cheap. Is it? I love it. Yeah, well, I would move down there. I mean, like, <laughs> post-COVID. It's yeah. I think it's still one of the ridiculous. cheapest states though, isn't it? Oh, right. South Australia? I think in comparison to like Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah. I think, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cheap. Right. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of money in wineries here though. So you'll see yeah, that. Yeah, it's the wine country. Yeah. Uh, what, how much yeah. is rent there? Like regular house rent? What's like the median issue price for like, let's say two or three bedroom house, two, two bedroom house, three or four <laughs> bedroom house. Three or four bedroom house. Ooh. Or unit? What's what's like a brand new unit? We or are currently something? paying because we moved close to the city for for work, easeability, and everything. Um, we're paying four fifty, I think, per week. That's fucking cheap for for what? <laughs> for a two bedroom unit. Two bedroom unit. I feel like that's cheap. So oh. we were paying before at a house which was three bedroom, right? Two and a half bath. It was four thirty five a week. Yeah, I guess it depends on the area as well. You're close 100%. to the city, like I feel like it'd be more you expensive. You go distant. Yeah. You could go distant and you can get them way cheaper. But um, I live right next to the city and that's for 50, for, I don't even know how much, something for something per week. And that's two bedroom apartment right next to the city. And the place we were at before is 20 minutes from the city, 435, three bedroom, double garage. Townhouse. Jeez, that's so cheap compared to here. Interesting. Well, this is a four-bedroom unit, two garage, and it's only five hundred. Oh, that's cheap. Yeah, and it's brand. It's spanker. also the area. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful area. He lives in a hobo area. <laughs> You're the one with the sign, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, that's why I go to Seven Eleven so I can empty the coffee cup and try and beg for money. <laughs> I can't afford Starbucks. I've got Seven <laughs> Eleven. Tell you what, I do miss that about. About Brisbane is the Seven Eleven one dollar coffees. Like you cannot pass them. Wait, you don't? They're too cheap. You don't have Seven Eleven. We don't have Seven Eleven. What? <laughs> I'm never going back to Adelaide ever again. He just got. He just, how can you? How can you not have Seven Eleven? I hope you didn't want him to come to Adelaide because he's not coming now. <laughs> They've got Seven Eleven everywhere. Really? Literally Bali, Bangkok. Have they got Bali? I'm pretty sure they're going to Bali. I think they have it. Oh. oh no, they don't. Thailand. Oh, I feel like they have it. some. They have cha yeah, time. No, we don't have it here. Oh, we what? have cha time. Wow. Yeah. Cha time? Yeah, it's cha bubble time. bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bubble tea's child. right. Child. <laughs> child. We've got... I'm a child. You're drinking bubble tea. With rainbow jelly. <laughs> oh, it's bubble... Rainbow. <laughs> I tell you what, we've got what they call OTR here, and it's kind of like your convenience store, blah, blah, blah. But yep. you can get... Oh, People in Adelaide are going to hate me for saying this, but it's probably the best coffee that you can get that's the most consistent, that's located everywhere in SA. Yeah. 
every fifth coffee free. <laughs> Code Jason Ten. <laughs> I'm yet to get a uh, 7-Eleven code. But, yeah, uh, he keeps tagging them. Oh, I'm tagging them. Oh, how much can you discount a one dollar coffee, Jason? Come, yeah. on, that's very Come on now. It's actually gone up a dollar fifty now. Whoa. Yeah, bastard. Oh, if you use the app, fifty cents off, back down to a dollar. But you got to use the app. It's a smart they incentive. Have an app now? Yeah, it's great. You can actually like lock in your fuel and stuff if there's. I use that. It's amazing. I save like fifteen dollars on fuel sometimes. Yeah, yeah, the fuel locking things. And incredible. you get uh, velocity points if you're with Virgin. Oh right. Well, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So. One, yeah. One point. Come over to Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Get some velocity points. Come on. I want to come back down to Adelaide because I want to do. So we went down near Selix Beach. We didn't do too much because it was shit weather. But I want to go to the mm. other side, like closer to um, WA. What's it called? I put something. Like near the Great Bite, kind of. Yeah, I think so. There's like, like a Port national Lincoln. park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around there. It's Jason wants stunning. to go shark um, cage diving. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Jason? Come on, mate. In my defense, do it. <laughs> I actually looked at the price of uh, Adelaide flights. They're like $600 each mm. way right now. And it's like, yeah, no. No, thanks. He's not very adventurous. Yeah. He really just doesn't it's like this room. Just not for that <laughs> price. It's like I, I can't afford that. It's worth it when you come here. Like you could easily spend a month yeah. or two months going to the Flinders Ranges, going to yeah the beach. Like you've got an entire coast, Jason. What do you oh, have? Yeah, Queensland. Brisbane. Uh, don't don't take up north because that's a different story. <laughs> we we got Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even go there. And I have a reason to go there. <laughs> Brisbane's like one of those safe places that you've got everything within the vicinity. And Brisbane's just like a Yeah, but are you do. Brisbane or Logan? No, technically oh, Bris- Logan, uh, technically Brisbane here. Yeah. Technically Brisbane here, yeah, because we're still <laughs> Brisbane City Council. So we're not Logan mm, okay. City, Logan Shire. Okay. Uh, so you're like the upper yeah. class Logan people. Yeah, yeah, He's pretty much. We're like that, mm, I'm not quite poor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that explains why your, your rent is cheaper there because yeah. it's Logan. Yeah, we only get like a few drive-bys, not too many. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think when I, I live I stayed, in the hinterland I stayed, now, I don't hear anything. <laughs> so did you have... Because I, I went to film school in Brisbane, to SAE. Um, and that was great because we had all the cinema equipment and whatnot. Like, I think you know, similar to what you did, Jason, with this cinema equipment, you can rent it out and go do stuff. But I think at the time, you've got these facilities, but I think most of us were too young to actually use them to, to, to full advantage of what we had. Mm. Well, you know, we had all the cinema cameras, cinema lenses, professional lighting equipment, sound equipment, et cetera, et cetera. But you never make the most of it if you're not – if when you're too young. Like I feel like most of us that were going through were too young to kind of grasp the the greatness of what we had. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think when you went through, you definitely took advantage of, of the equipment and facilities that you had available to you right some somewhat they actually didn't allow any other hiring or anything because we actually used the re alexas so they were yeah very high end very expensive Jeez. and you actually had to get uh three two people to sign off a supervisor and then the like the dean to sign off at it if you had some particular project and majority of the times they wouldn't allow it unless it's uni-based 
was it just Aries they had, or did they have like uh, a different range of? Yeah, they had the FS fives and the FS sevens for like year one and year two, and it was the third year is when you're allowed to use Ari Alexas and Ari Classics. Yeah, right. We didn't have Aries because. <laughs> broke SAE school but you know yeah. I, I think at that time we were had it was a mix of Sony and Canon so we had the C200s or, and then the FS7s and FX5s yeah FS5s whatever yep. um, but we were a free reign if they weren't booked out you could take them oh, so awesome. we definitely did not take advantage of that like we should have so at any time you could take them out if they're not booked. And obviously that the next year that you're in, the priority you get in booking. So, you know, if you're on your second year, because ours was two years, you'd get the priority booking over the beginner kids, the starters and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, definitely did not take advantage of that. We used it for a handful of projects that we had on the side. Um, and obviously short films and that, that you need to use the equipment for. But other than that, man... I should have used that. Oh, maybe I should go sign up to film school again just so I can have free equipment. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to no, yourself. No. That's the, a big debt that I'm already still paying off. That. The, the big thing with you as well, you've got actual industry experience and then when you go back and learn with beginners as such, it's actually so frustrating because mm. you can't teach them the basics because you've already learned those basics. It just comes with time. And then you're kind of just like, ah, oh, fuck. I got t- this is my team. <laughs> God damn! Like we're not all perfect, can, but can, shit. Can we go again? Like can we get another team? What's yeah. going on? And Change this around. The tough thing with me because I was a, a mature age student. Plus, I'm an introvert, so I didn't really make any friends. And I was like, fuck, I'm stuck mature with the hobos. Age student. <laughs> yeah, old, you old as fuck. Yeah, student. we had a couple of those in our group as well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know. Um, own production we company through, now. So. <laughs> most, yeah. When we went through, most of our cohort was um, 18, 19. So when I started my degree, I was 17. So everyone else was, you know, 18. So they're like, yeah, let's fucking party. And I'm like, <laughs> stay at home, man. <laughs> um, but I think because then I started working at, at Macca's and then Maccas and Fortitude Valleys are oh, finally someone that actually knows Brisbane. So, I can talk to you guys. <laughs> so the Maccas and Fortitude Valley is where I started working. So every night, every weekend that my friends were going out partying, I was there behind the till going, "Do you like fries with that?" Um, <laughs> no. So you know how small that one is. That we were doing ridiculous numbers for that store between the hours of. Like, I got so many chicken nuggets from that store. <laughs> <laughs> Were they super nuggets? You know, the, funniest, no. <laughs> no. the funniest thing is like you look on the menu and you know I don't know if you remember, but they had deals of like a quarter pan of meal with nuggets. Yeah. Wow, that's a deal. No, it's literally just the quarter pan of meal with nuggets. There's no <laughs> saving to that. But everyone's drunk and they're like it's a saving, like, let's go. Like, I'm trying to think, where is that one? It's literally, like, in the street. Like, it's a tiny little store. Right. It's, like... It's Fortitude Valley, literally. Is it, like, literally. in the middle of Chinatown? Is that where... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I never went out, Back so. on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, Jason. I was just there serving the food. So. Um, people and then like from me. that, I got... I got um, when I turned 18, I got promoted to manager. 
at that store. And then when the Queen Street store opened, I was manager of that too. So I think that helped, um, you know, everyone says Macca's is a great starting place. And it is for the fact that when you're working the night shifts and you're working those shifts where there's no extra help and you're getting bombarded by 100, 200 people every hour, you've got nothing to do but be good with your hands. And that translates so well back into film because when you're a one-gun situation, when you haven't Mm. got an entire crew behind you, you need to be resourceful. You need to make work what you have. And I think like working in there definitely helped me to not stuff up, to uh, just just make it work. Um, When we opened the Queen Street store for the first time, if you guys remember that opening, we had the Christmas parade shortly after. And I was managing one of those shifts. And at the time, it was 42 staff that I was managing. Oh, wow. Wow. For one of those shifts. So 42 15-year-old kids that don't mm. give two shits about what's going on. <laughs> they, um, and that makes you really hyper-focus on what needs to be done and then what's less important. So you're just focusing on 15 things at one time or 42 things at one time, should I say. Um, and I think, you know, if, if, if anyone's really young looking at this, work at Macca's. I know it's shit and everyone <laughs> bags you out for it, but like work at, work at a retail place and everyone that's worked at retail knows the difficulty of working in retail and you have so much respect for people afterwards, but it teaches you those fundamentals of, um, nothing comes for free. You've got to work your ass off in order to not get destroyed on your shift because otherwise you're not going to have a good time. You've got to make that good time. You've got to make the stuff work with what you don't have. So on that Christmas parade, I think we were doing something like eight to $10,000 hours. So when you think of, you know, a $10 cheeseburger meal, that's quite a lot of people coming through those doors. Yeah. So you've got to be resourceful. Wow. When you're working on yourself in your first shoot, and you've got no equipment and you've got nothing to work with, you've just you've just got to make it work. You've got to make it look as good as possible because you're getting paid for that gig. I think I was lucky that I never really did free shoots when I started because as soon as I finished school, I went into a full-time job. And after that full-time job, I went into my own production company. Um, and I was kind of like, I can't do free stuff because I need to pay my bills. So like everything is like, whatever I'll take, I can get it. And I've... It's been pretty good so far. I've, if you guys know the Adelaide Fringe, I've been heard lucky of that. enough to I heard it when yeah, we went so to the comedy show. We kept talking about it and we had no idea what it meant. You went to Jason's show? No. A comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> someone funny. Yeah, someone actually funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like Australia's biggest or the world's biggest creative show or something. Like It's mm. massive. If you were to come... come to the fringe jason it's in like february march it's a big thing um so i've been able to work with them i've been able to work with cheese fest which is a giant cheese festival <laughs> that's in adelaide great if you're not lactose intolerant like i am um, and just a variety of different clients um one of one of my favorite which i've spoke briefly before was a flight school that i've been working with so we make youtube videos for them um, and their goal is to create content to entice people to start flying. Yeah. So 
they fly to different places for lunch. Oh, how right. right. And fly backs. Wow. And fly by, pick us up, and come that. back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have a very small fear of flying now. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. But it's really like just not gonna leave I get a ever. little bit anxious. I've been on so many flights, it's not funny. But yeah. the more older I get, the more I fear flying because I kind of fear death in a way. Yeah. On the way back from Weird. Bali, from the plane flight? just like dropped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is it. At least I'm going to go somewhere I like in the air. Well, I'll tell you something that's going to put you off flying, Jason. <laughs> Don't tell him. Oh, you won't God. ever leave anywhere. Oh, that's I just right. want to make sure you stay in that room. Stay. Yeah. Stay um, when I was coming back last month, when I was coming back from Melbourne for a shoot, I perforated my eardrum on landing. Oof. So that's when your ear explodes and you basically lose all hearing in that ear until it heals itself back up. Oh, so but because of the so, pressure change or something? Yep. So the pressure change in the air and it just pops. Shit. Never had any problems before. Um, but, you yeah. know, being 50% of what we do, it's quite important to have your, yeah. have your hearing. Um, so I was, so I had that flight when I came back and I was flying again in another week. So I was like, Ooh. am I not going to be able to do this project? Am I going to have to cancel it or get someone else to fill in? So I went that same day to get an audio test because I was like, I need to make sure that I haven't done any permanent damage to this ear. Luckily, I'd only done about 30% permanent damage. Oh, um, that's still quite a bit. It is. And then the rest is kind of healed over time. And then when I got to the flight, I had to get specific earbuds so that my ears, I don't know if it, you guys have had any problems with pressure in your uh, ears before? Nothing. I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot of people have issues with ears, especially with diving as well, when they don't equalize properly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like chew gum on the plane or chew something yeah. just to make sure that they don't damage. But yeah, so mine perforated, so mine exploded. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, I've lost 30% permanent hearing in, in one ear, which is not good for a, a person that listens to... <laughs> music and stuff all the time <laughs> and i shoot quite a lot of events so i can't have that loud music in my ears because it's going to damage it yeah um to take care of your ears people okay <laughs> that's so very crazy. very important <laughs> be yeah. like jason yeah. don't go on a plane yeah. <laughs> Just don't leave the room <laughs> Um, in terms of your production company, like where do you see it going? Like, do you have like a plan for it? Oh, we have goals. Yeah, I think. Um, Wait, who's who's we? You've you've got people working with you for you. So, One Cast Media is uh, me and my brother currently. Uh, so he, I do full production side, and he does more the sales and marketing side. So that's how we split it. Um, at the moment, it's just us that are part of the company where everyone else is just kind of subcontracted at this time um and that being because and i feel like you guys can probably relate to this is when you're building a company you have an expectation of what you want to achieve and the video and quality and stuff that you want to achieve and if you send someone out to go to a project and they don't achieve that it looks really bad on your company and i've been bound a few times already so that i'm like man, I don't know if I can trust people. 
And, and that's the sad thing because I want to be able to trust my fellow creatives and I want them to, you know, I want to share what I've learned with them and, and for them to share what they've learned with me. I want it to grow together. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. So our currently it's just us two and we have a five to 10, about seven people that are on subcontract that we do for work and a few people that are currently in the process of hiring full time. Um, but it's so the goal for man, the company nice is stuff. to be, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Goal for the company is to be Adelaide's biggest media company within our three years of birth. So halfway there and look, I have no plan on stopping. I think I've aged 10 years in the past six months, but other than that, <laughs> it's well, one it's, of those It's good you're in Adelaide run. too, because there's only like six people in Adelaide. So. <laughs> Is there that many well, creators? Well, a couple of hobos as well. <laughs> yeah, they don't count. It's, oh, shit, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> They're people too. Let's not <laughs> you're be <mean>. savage. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's okay, Johnny, you can go. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's so crazy. Is there many creatives in... I know a couple in Adelaide, but... There's quite a few. Yeah. Um, and for better words, there's a lot of really bad creatives as well. Like okay. there is anywhere. Yeah. Um, and those are the people that if you're building a brand and you're getting other people to do it, those are the people that kind of half burn the bridges. Um, yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. But there is quite a few really great creatives in Adelaide, um, but it is a much smaller community than, say, Brisbane or Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone pretty much knows everyone here, so it's like yeah. everyone's got their kind of niche that they're working towards, and that's kind of where everyone goes. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's... Um, we've kind of just stuck into... We've done a lot of events like a lot of our content is events. Um, we cover a lot of anything from just like Christmas parties to um, not necessarily like 21st birthday photos. Yeah. I'm talking like more companies that are having events. Like uh, recently we covered Modeur. They're a, I don't know what they are. <laughs> they make products. Okay. They make products that are good for you. Um, so we covered their event, which was like their business leadership event. And we do um, a bigger Christmas parties and stuff like that. So we don't, we're not just doing like your average event video where you just put music over on top. Um, I started doing in Adelaide, making a story out of the video because that's important for me. And I think it really helps when you're watching the video to understand what happened. If you're not there on the day, you need to understand what happened for that event. And the only way that you can tell that is through audio, through visual. So I started pretty much layering my videos as like a three arc structure. Like, you know, as a teacher in film school, you get a beginning, middle and an end. Um, so I started off with like an introduction, comes up to like something that's happened or something that's going to happen in the night and then finishing off with like a thank you and et cetera, et cetera. Um, now people have started copying me here, which <laughs> sucks. But I mean, that means that I'm doing a good thing, obviously, so I can't complain. But um yeah, it's like I always felt that with every video that we do, it's got to have a story. If it's not, if it's a bunch of random images, I've, that's not me. Don't hire me for that because I would much rather tell your brand a story rather than just put some cool transitions and what do we like zoom transitions and what yeah. does everyone do it now? And then film everything at a hundred <laughs> frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> Literally everything. Actually, speaking on that, I was listening to your podcast when you're talking about ND filters. 
Oh, so yeah. Two of the yeah. Power moves. You're going to hate me, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't often, unless it's extremely bright outside, use ND filters. I don't think I should speak. I know. I know. I'm one of Sweet, these. you but just saved me 300 so bucks. Points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason behind that. And a lot of the stuff that I shoot, this isn't when I'm shooting campaigns or anything. This is when I'm shooting events and stuff like that. You're not going to notice the difference between that blur and the non-blur. So it kind of goes, are you going to waste your time, spend your time, you know, making sure that your 180 degree rule or, you know, twice frame rate, shut up, whatever's going to be there, or are you just going to make sure that you get the product? And for me, you got to make sure that you're going to get that product because if you miss that one split second moment where people are like hugging or smiling or high-fiving or whatever, you've missed it. So I'm like, crank that shutter speed all the way up. Um, <laughs> Especially when it comes to like social media content too, uh, it even makes it look sharper and that's sometimes even better to have a sharper image. So this actually started when I was at RightAware and we started boosting our shutter speed up to, because when you're shooting fitness, you don't want, you don't really necessarily want all the blur in there. You want to be able to see the struggle in the person's face or the, the story that they're trying to tell. And sometimes you need that high shutter speed. Um, so, sorry, Jason. No. <laughs> all, almost all my fitness ones, uh, I use a different uh, angle of shutter with my cinema camera. I always change it. Just depending. It, it's, again, it's depending on what you're doing. And I think it's more important to get the shot than to get the shot perfect if you're only at a very limited amount of time and if you're shooting at a very that's why you need the fx6 with internal <laughs> nd filters there yes, you I, go I, I want it man i, I really little, i really do want anyone to that's like little come dial. in contact with jason last few weeks <laughs> is broke <laughs> like <laughs> he's sending me broke <laughs> Um, you need the ND you filters. Need this. You, need filters. This. you need No, I don't. Smooth no, motion need. blur in those waves. Nice cinematic footage. <laughs> well, I know this is another thing that's going to upset you, Jason. You're going to you're going to hate this as well. Oh, no. I'm here for it. I um, <laughs> I'm moving to Canada. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I edit all of my work on. Actually, guess what program? program. Da Vinci. No. iMovie. (laughs) Yes. Bullshit. (laughs) Get fucked. No, no, no. Final Cut Pro. Okay. Everything on Final Cut Pro. That's all right. I started with Final Cut Pro back in my day. I've never used it. It's kind of like I started on After Effects. Then I took a step up to (laughs) to Final Cut Pro. Final Cut's actually pretty decent. (laughs) From After Effects. Final Cut seems a very easy layout. Like, very easy. It's kind of like going from Windows to Mac. It's like... Final Cut's like Mac sort of thing. Windows be like the Premiere kind of. Windows is like Premiere, old school, clunky, but does the job. Crashes every two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Because we used to edit predominantly on Premiere and After Effects, like the Adobe Suite, and it just got to the point where it was too inconsistent, it was too many crashes, and I was like... Hey, I'm looking at potentially leaving soon. Yeah, I think um, they're li- what, too little, what's too the late. Cheapest way? They're they're actually better now, but I, I because I feel like they've they've noticed everyone switching, and I think they're either slowing down on the updates, the auto updates, and, or they're just fixing their shit. Because yeah, 
been a while since mine's crashed. Mm. Well, I haven't gone back to it since, so <laughs> <laughs> everything everything in Final Cut, and I've got DaVinci Studio, and it's great, and I mean, I would recommend DaVinci to every single person, but easeability of Final Cut and the way the magnetic timeline works, everyone hates it at the start, so did I, but then you get used to it, and it is so quick. I turn around my event videos in one to two hours. Oh, wow. Which most people is two weeks. So yeah. my ability to, to edit that smoothly and quickly is all to Final Cut. And I just obviously learning the software and you get quicker when you learn software. But I've always been quite a relatively quick editor. And this has just enhanced that. So I can just cr- pump out videos whenever they need to be pumped out. Not in a like a hey, I'm doing a, sh- a crappy video in a short amount of time. It's like a I've got down my my methods and the software. I've adjusted everything to that. Um, I think I think Sam Calder recently put out a little video saying like make sure you got everything to a custom keyboard shortcut, mm. um, and it helps hundred percent because mm. I used to be. A massive gamer when I was a teenage boy, like we always are. Um, so I played a lot of World of Warcraft. So your hands are already keys. there. <laughs> yeah, my hands are like, I'm already 500 keys at one time. Uh, the old for any World of Warcraft AS, players out there, ASDL I was a or something. WSAD. WSAD, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Introverted boys. Introverted boys growing up. It helps with your... With your um, Reaction time. (laughs) Let's go with that. (laughs) Sounds legit. Um, But yeah, like as soon as you have all your keys set up on your keyboard and if you've got a mouse with keys on it, it just makes everything so quick. Um, And that's why I was usually editing stuff from like, you know, um, eight to 16 hours and I got it all the way down to four and then basically down to two. And that obviously being, of course, because I shoot a specific way and I know exactly what I'm shooting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but look, join the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that as well, like, because everyone's saying they, they're trying to go over to DaVinci, but once you learn your program and you're so efficient in your program, it is so hard to switch because then you have that learning curve that you need to go through. And it's like anything, you have to go through that learning curve and then you get better. But it's like, you know it, when you're so busy, you physically cannot spend that much time to switch and that's that's the position i'm in at the moment i can't <laughs> switch you've got to make that time uh, for me i it was during covid where i bought final cut and i was like let me just mess around like i've got tons of time to be able to practice um and i just got addicted to that magnetic timeline everyone hates it even people on final cut that use it are like ah, this magnetic timeline sucks but i'm like once you get used to your program and you know how to use it, everything is just so much smoother and quicker. And look, realistically, if I went from Premiere to DaVinci, that learning curve would have been a little bit less of a giant curve. But um, you're editing on Premiere now, right? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) Not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) Jump on DaVinci. Just mess around with it. Just no. 
Well, I learnt. I hate Premiere. I'm not learning any, any other program. I learnt. I learnt the colour grading. Not leaving this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even getting on a plane. <laughs> I learnt colour grading in uh, in DaVinci at uni, and that was incredible. Like learning all the no tree systems and how to balance it and do everything before the grading. You know that was priceless. But I could not like figure out where everything is quick enough to be able to do the edit quick enough. And I was just like, yeah. The teacher actually allowed us to grade in DaVinci, but edit in Premiere Pro because he's like, it, But we it's understand. quite an easy workflow between them. You can send it back and forth relatively easy, uh, which helps. Yeah. Um, color grading in Final Cut sucks, as everyone knows. But in the same instance, like I was talking about with using your shutter speed instead of getting the perfect 180-degree rule, sometimes it's more about just getting it there rather than getting it perfect every time because most of the time your client's not going to see a difference realistically. So are you going to spend that extra four or five hours color grading or are you just going to get the product out to them and get paid for your work? Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, we've been talking for an hour and 14 minutes. You're actually probably one of our longest guests so far. <laughs> so congratulations. You've won that award. <laughs> um, where can people find you? You can find me at my studio. Right in Adelaide. <laughs> no, in Adelaide. Adelaide. We're next to all the hobos. Um, <laughs> no, we're in Adelaide. You can find me time. at... No, we don't have those cups. That's right. Either. There's no fucking <laughs> <laughs> You can't put it out because no one would be like, "What's that? What's a Seven Eleven?" Gross. <laughs> you could find me at um, OneCast Media on Instagram or Pod Studio, which is our brand new facility here in Adelaide, which is just over 230 square meters. Nice. Damn. Well, when the flights actually calm down and Qantas, Jetstar and all those kind of things sort their shit out. And Jason stops being a pussy about flying. Yeah, and I'll fly <laughs> over there. Just bring your airplugs. Bring <laughs> My daughter's been Don't on 14 flights. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's more than like actual adults. It is, more than my family. <laughs> and three international. Yeah, yeah, she's been on 14. She's been to Japan, uh, New Zealand, Tasmania. Wow. Multiple Melbourne And you're trips. scared of flying. Jason, you fly like all the time. I know. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. On. It's like as I get older, the worse it gets. I don't understand it. I don't. Yeah. It's just, it's fear. The only thing you need to fear is fear, fear itself. <laughs> so motivational. <laughs> wow. You should be a motivational Cut speaker. That clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some background music under. Luckily, I'm the editor, should so be a I'll, sound. I'll cut it out. One of those TikTok sounds, very motivational. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Can you can you do it again? Say it again, Jason, but like in a really deep voice. The only thing you need to fear mic. is fear itself. <laughs> <laughs> in cinemas now. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's the clapping. <laughs> One man. No, it's been, like, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been one job. <laughs> He's still going. It's Josh. In a world, <laughs> there was a video creator. He lived in Adelaide. What are these crickets? Go on. <laughs> We're making motivational <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> 
I pressed the button. Oh, gosh. Yeah, thanks thanks for jumping on, man. It's been an awesome chat. And absolutely, if we are in town in Adelaide, we will definitely come visit. That's for sure. sure. Come past. Yeah. I'll show you more than the homeless people. In more than the homeless <laughs> people. More than just the wineries. No, you can include the wineries. I, I mean, you, you oh probably boy. want to go to those. Those are, those are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, thanks. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah. No, thank you for having me, guys. Sweet. It's awesome. Awesome. And uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. And, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. See you on the flip side.